All episodes of the Garage Build podcast are recorded live in the Law Fran studios. The law offices of Fran Hosh, Palm Harbor, Florida. Call 1-866-LAW-FRAN or go to lawfran.com. The law offices of Fran Hosh, serving the Tampa Bay biker community for over 20 years. If you want to win, then join a winning team. Join Team Dream Rides. They stock a full line of top-shelf parts from other winning manufacturers like Plex Audio, Legend Suspension, DynoJet PowerVision tuners, and a full line of Arlen Ness parts and accessories. Team Dream Rides offers same-day shipping on in-stock items, and with two locations, they can ship from either coast. And with 90 days same as cash, you'll still have money for beer, fuel, and another rear tire. Their new Tennessee location will be open this March in Maryville, located two minutes from the tail of the dragon. Visit TeamDreamRides.com today to place your next order or stop in in person for same-day consultation. Welcome back to the Garage Build Podcast. I want to thank the Arlen Ness Motorcycle Company for supporting the Garage Build Podcast. You can support them by going to ArlenNess.com. Let them know you listen to the Garage Build Podcast by using the code GARAGEBUILD10 when you check out, and you'll save 10% on your order. I want to thank Bell Helmets. They've got me in a carbon fiber eliminator helmet. So stoked. This thing is so much lighter, so much more comfortable with a better field of view than the helmet I've had previously. Go to bell underscore power sports on Instagram and follow them there or go to bellhelmets.com to find a dealer near you and buy yourself a brand new bell helmet. Electric lighting is backed by 30 years of V-Twin manufacturing. They built top shelf LEDs. You can let them know you listen to the Garage podcast by using the code speed 2021 and you'll get free shipping when your order is over hundred bucks. 1620 USA workwear. Listen, this is the best clothing I've ever owned. It fits perfect, it lasts, it's awesome, it's guaranteed for life, and you're gonna save 20% when you use the code SPEEDMETAL on checkout. The High Seas Rally is sailing from Port Canaveral, October 22nd through the 29th. Four ports, seven days, 3,000 bikers, what could go wrong? They're giving away a custom-built chopper by Providence Cycle Works. Follow at High Seas Rally or go to highseasrally.com for ticketing information. Team Dream Rides is having their grand opening slash open house May 15th in Maryville, Tennessee. I'm going to be there. I hope you will join me. Go to TeamDreamRides.com. I want to thank the folks over at Pro One. They've been building high-quality parts since 1989. Go to Instagram and follow at Pro underscore One underscore Performance. This episode features a friend of mine named Buck Shaw. He's a promoter for Tennessee Motorcycle and Music Revival. It's a fantastic event. He's going to tell us all about it. You're listening to the Garage Build Podcast with your host, Jason Holman. No, you know what? I want to, I, there's a couple things I, there's a couple places I wanted to start with you. And one of them was I wanted to, I wanted to address the, the, the proverbial elephant in the room. When I saw you in Daytona, you had approached me and you said, Hey, what is this about you not? be uncomfortable doing a podcast with me and it's and it's you have to understand something um when i deal with 
with with Buck, um, there's there's two different things going on. I have we our friendship has actually crossed the threshold of one not only one decade but almost two now. So I hold you in like this super high regard, and so I, if I'm gonna if I'm going to do something with you, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm pro that I got my, I, I got my shit handled and I don't ever, I, you know, I don't ever want to show my ass when I'm around you. And, and mostly because I, you know, if I go back to, I don't know if you remember the exact point, but I can remember the exact point where we met and you know how you, I've always watched you and governed myself according. You've always taken care of us. You've always looked out for all of us. You're always, you're, you're just, you're that older brother. You're a little bit ahead of us, but you're always making sure that, you know, you watch, I, I've watched you, you watch the exits, you watch who's coming in the room. You make sure that this person's taken care of, this person's taken care of. It's, it's, I feel like you're always, you're, you're that, you're that guy. That's super cool to hear that because I take pride in uh, in being that guy, you know, and protecting my friends. My not not that you can, right? But the no. idea that you try to that, uh, you know, that's one of the reasons you'll never see me sloppy drunk, like right. it, it, nor nor of my children. Now I am the, the child of you know some alcoholics and some uh, obsessive behavior, so it, it shaped who I am. But <clears throat> for me, it's super important that I look out for my kin, my tribe, my people, and. Uh, and that's cool that you see that some people don't aren't aware enough to to understand that. No, I think that, um, like I said, our our friendship has had really. There's when I say ebb and flows, it's just a matter of how many times we're able to be in the same space with each other. Because you and I exist in a in an industry that, uh, by and large, none of us live by each other, um, right. but we're all very active in each other's headspace we're very active you know i we don't get a chance to break bread and i try to explain this to people all the time like i have customers that come to the motorcycle shop and i've had a motorcycle shop since 2003 they come into the shop and they want to know why i don't go riding with them or they want to know why they don't see me at bike nights what and it's like so it's not anything disparaging towards them or towards the community that I'm surrounded with, but, and, and I'm not an elitist by any stretch of the imagination, but my cohorts, my coworkers, my brethren that I govern myself according to are all people in my industry, right? So I, I keep that very, we're very protective of that. I've noticed, I mean, I was thinking about this earlier today because I wanted to make sure that we had a substantive conversation about when I got into the industry, it was very tough to get respect and it was very easy to lose it. You had to work. And if people saw not a weakness, but any fakeness or somebody kind of not being authentic or true to, to what they said they were going to do or how they did things, they, they didn't even point it out. They just didn't give that person any, any time. Right. Well, and it's interesting that you say that because <clears throat> I do feel like an elitist sometimes in the sense of there's this group of people I know socially, with the exception of the wrestling community and the wrestling coaches and the MMA guys that I know and train with and have been with over the years. I just don't look at these other people the same way. I, I'm not better than them by any sense of the imagination. But if I had a real problem, if poop really hit the fan, if my family was at risk, there's a handful of guys I'd call and most of them are in the motorcycle world. And I know that most of those guys would be there for me in a heartbeat and I would do the same and that's pretty unique, really, you know, to have one or two of those in your life. But if you have a crew of those guys, that's pretty powerful. And it's not typical. And um, I do find myself at times 
viewing the regular world differently, you know? Yeah, there's a difference between the pedestrians at a motorcycle rally and those of us that are there to do business. And it doesn't mean that we don't go hard. It doesn't mean that we don't party. It doesn't mean that we don't have a good time. It doesn't mean that we don't share, you know, substantive conversation and meals and all the things that, you know, I feel like I can tell people in my industry things that I can't tell people in my my daily life things because I know they're not going to do anything with it other than listen and give me good feedback. Right. Yeah. It's a trip, man. It's uh, and then, you know, and it's kind of hard too. I'm sure you've experienced this with your shop. Right. And, and we'll talk about what we're trying to do at, at the Tennessee motorcycles and music revival, but we're really not trying to do the typical thing that everybody else does. I, it, it, you know, that stuff for the masses, um, the style, the aesthetic, the vibe, it's wonderful, right? I love those people, but I'm trying to do something. And, and, and it's a lot like when you build a bike, right? You want to be authentic. You got to be, you know, artistic. It's got to function. Right. It's got to perform. Where's that sweet spot, right? And when you, whether you're putting on a festival or building a bike or selling shirts, how do you hit, you know, remain true to that artistic integrity that everyone should have inside them? Uh, but not alienate yourself from the people who, you know, from the masses. And that's a, that's a fine, that's a fine line. It's kind of a sweet spot. Right. When, and you know, the other thing you touched on a couple of things, number one is, you know, that the level of trust that you have, um, that you've earned and given in this motorcycle industry is really kind of something that I I, I've never been in the military, but the the only thing I could compare it to is what I hear about the military is, you know, you're kind of in, you're in this space where there's lots of things happening. You know, when you go to a rally, it, it, Sturgis is a, probably the best um, optic to use for this. There's a lot of moving parts there, right? And so there's lots of different spaces for people to fit in, and there's lots of places and spaces for people to hide out and not do what they're supposed to do, you know, by social constructs and things like that. And so you're around these people. And that's what I meant earlier when I said that, you know, I wanted to make sure I had all of my shit together, that I had all of my uh, proverbial ducks in a row before I sat down with somebody like you, because, um, you know, your opinion's important to me. Somebody that I don't know, uh, they're gonna see. They're gonna see me or listen to this for you know the the sixty or ninety minutes that it is, and they're gonna think that they can make you know they make a they ascertain what they think I am or what I do. But you, you know me. You've known me for a long time now. I mean, you're you know. I mean, arguably, it's well over. Uh, it I think it's coming up on fifteen years or so. So it's like it you know, it and it's it's like I can't bullshit you. I can't tell you. Well, no, that's you really, you don't know me, you, what this is over here, you know? And you also, I have, you know, as being friends with you, as long as I have been, you always reserve the right and in, in IU hopefully to go, hey man, I don't think what you're doing is right. I don't think what you're doing is honest or whatever it is that I do that, you know, so I make sure that I'm, you know, that my fences are mended and, you know, that yeah. I'm, I'm taking care of, the, of, of my people. Well, I, and I look, even when I knew you 15 years ago, and I don't know what stage you were at in the business then, um, a little bit of a family business, I think, but you know, you were one of the early distributors in the Paramount uh, business scheme, right? 
Well, you know, that or, came... Or, good at, or exploring being a dealer, is that what it was? So, yeah, we never got to... When we... By the time we had all the... And that that was somewhere that... Um, that's a really, really tough subject for me because it was something that I really, really wanted to do. I met Mark and Aaron, and for whatever reason, um, they took me under their wing and, and, you know, at Cincy and made sure that, you know... Uh, this was done right. That was done right. I had this information. I had that information. And about the time that everything came to fruition, then the economy crashed. And, you know, and Paramount, unfortunately, for whatever reason, didn't, wasn't able to, to survive that. And I think of that Canadian, I know, from what I understand, there was a Canadian distributor that had made quite a large PO purchase and yep. quite a few eggs have been put in that basket. And it's just a, an absolute shame. And we can talk about Aaron a little bit too. And Mark, two people that I absolutely, for lack of a better word, I adore those dudes. I would take a bullet in the forehead for Aaron Green just because yeah. I know. And you, and you know what, dude? Aaron Green would stand in front of a gun for you in a heartbeat. Like yeah. that dude is fucking fearless, man. When it comes to his, you talk about a guy who's a protector. And I, when, you know, we did some road trips. We did like seven states in five days, stopped by his grandpa's spot in Idaho, <clears throat> you know, who was this badass uh, World War II Too guy. Better, yeah. you know? and, and, and I saw where it comes from, really. I saw the patriarch of the family. But yeah, you talk about a couple guys who will stand for uh, uh, loyalty and, uh, you know, uh, doing anything necessary to protect their friendships and the people they love. Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty special. And I think you're right. I think it was the perfect storm of shit that all hit between the economy crashing, a guy who'd proffered a huge investment to open a ridiculous amount of uh, business opportunity in Canada. <clears throat> and when that whole uh, financial crisis hit, nobody could get financing. I mean, nobody, everybody lost their flooring in essence. Yeah. So if you weren't, you know, handling your own paper and you were a mega you know, one of the big motor companies, almost everybody went out. Yeah. Uh, and it's tough, you know, because those, I, I still to this day, and I have respect for so many guys in the industry. And, you know, you meet these guys who have engineering level intelligence, artistic design, you know, incredible aesthetic. They, they've got the whole package. Aaron Green, in my opinion, is uh, one of the smartest, most talented engineers and, and fabricators I've ever met uh, and to this day. Um, and so, yeah, my level of respect for him and Mark and the Green family is very high. You know, one of the things that if we look at the arc over the last, and, and so when I group when I group builders into cohorts, I look at um, the guys that I consider the Godfathers, the early outsetters, the the Nesses, the Mondos, the Denvers, yep. the the Arlen sure. Fatlands, uh, uh, the the Donnie Smiths, the Don Hotops, who who just recently passed away the Dave Perowitz those guys are all in yep. kind of I put them in like a class not not a not a social class but in like a high school class right those dudes all kind of came up together and kind of graduated around the same time and then you have um the guys in the 80s who kind of you don't really know what happened to a lot of these dudes a lot of these dudes don't exist the internet wasn't there the magazine thing wasn't as big as it got in the in the 2000s but then you have this group of people that i put in in, in a high school class together of jesse jim Nazzy, aaron uh, yeah. billy um uh, russell 
and, and all, all these folks that I kind of put, and then you look at the level of, you know, when, when they started talking about computers and, and I'm a kid of the eighties. So we, we had an, a Macintosh in our school where they were teaching us to type and teaching us to write code. Right. And it was just this green screen with green letters and numbers. And I didn't know what it was and it didn't pique my interest. So I wanted to put tools in my hands and then, right. and then like every time there's this jump in technology and the computer industry is like, holy smokes, the, the, the level of, of moving that needle is, is so far every move. Right. And that happened and, and guys like Aaron and guys like Billy and guys like Joey purse and guys like Jesse moved the needle so hard and so fast that they almost broke it. Yeah. And I feel like, and I'm not taking away anything from anybody because I'm still, you know, I came in and the, I, you know, I was an underclassman to those dudes, even though I'm a year older than Aaron and three years older, younger than Billy and well, right. But we're all kind of came into the, into the thing. I came at the tail end of, of their innovative ways. Right. Um, right. I was coming into high school when they were getting out kind of thing. I haven't seen that level of ingenuity move the needle since then. I agree. I agree. And it's kind of cyclical, right? You'll see sure. styles kind of come and go and we go back to older bikes and newer bikes and different technologies. But, and, and, you know, that kind of goes back to that sweet spot we talk about. It can be not a curse, but it can create when you're trying to be so innovative, innovative and so out there on the edge with engineering design, it can, uh, it, it can hobble you, so to speak, you know, uh, I always used to laugh, you know, I used to say if the Green Brothers went into the coffee business, they wouldn't just, you know, make a better cup of coffee. They'd figure out a better way to they cook would, the beans and I was brew just, the coffee. And, and they're doing and, that for all intents right. and purposes. They've they've done that. You know, Aaron's in a Correct. very in a very familiar place because he's trying to be innovative where he's at and he's successfully innovative. Correct. But it is a sweet spot, right? It is. Mm -hmm. It is. I remember at one point they uh, they secured the it was crazy. I think it was an aeronautical engineer, but it operated on a whole different principle where it had a cam and then like one big cylinder that was ported all the way around. And this cam would move a sleeve up and down the cylinder or the cylinder and the sleeve. I'm not sure which, but I think the sleeve moved, but it was able to suck in massive amounts of oxygen and then blow out massive amounts of exhaust, way more effective and efficient than a traditional V twin right. seemed to be. And these guys, and we sat down and they're like, we're going to build this thing. And I'm like, yeah, but that that's millions and millions of dollars just to prototype this thing. And I'll be damned if they didn't, you know, build most of that machine. And I think if you hadn't seen the explosion of the financial crisis and some of that shit hit the fan, who knows what those guys would have done. And to your point, they're now into some other things and I think are probably uh, better ways to pay the bills in a sense than selling custom bikes and and, and motorcycles. It's a tough business. You know, the rear view mirror, I say this all the time. The rear view mirror is smaller than the windshield for a reason. Aaron, here's what I can say about guys like Aaron. <clears throat> Aaron doesn't waste a single syllable. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't, yeah. he, he doesn't talk to hear I'm, you know, unfortunately for all of my friends, you included, I love to talk and which is probably why I'm in, you know, doing what I do now here in a, in addition to the other things that I do, but Aaron doesn't waste a single syllable. Right. If he says something, I listen. And you know, it's funny cause he and I, 
you know, before the the big push of social media and then after, you know, the, the crash of 07, 08, you know, everybody kind of went back to their neutral corners and very few people um, communicated, if you will. Right. right. And, you know, I hadn't seen Aaron. I hadn't seen Aaron since I think 08. I think 08 or 08 was the last time I had saw Aaron. And then when I saw him again in Sturgis in like 2016 or 2017, it was like we hadn't missed a beat. It was all hugs, you know, just getting caught up. And then in the interim, the only time I had heard from him was I was building big wheel baggers here in Tampa. And uh, I got a message from him. And he was like, and I still have it somewhere. And it was basically telling me, you know, you know better than this. You're better than this. The way you're doing it's wrong. You need to do it this way. You need, and I was like, I was, for lack of a better term, I was fucking floored because here's somebody that I have an infinite amount of respect for. And like you said, in that space and that engineering and stuff. And, uh, he thought, he thought enough of what I, he thought I was doing incorrectly to reach out to me. And I thought, you know what? That's when I know, that's when you know, you're friends with somebody that regardless of what's going on, they're still, right. he, there he was looking out for me. You know what I mean? Well, bro, that's respect. That's pure. I mean, for me, the one thing, you know, you talked earlier about, I, I am always trying to look out for my own and, and my group and my people. Um, I also believe in total transparency. I will never bullshit anybody. I, I do not lie. I do not tell stories. I try to live a life of integrity. And to me, that's respect. Yeah. He respected you enough to say, dude, what, what, what are you doing here? And you might've said, dude, I'm paying the bills is what I'm doing or whatever. I mean, those conversations sometimes reveal other opportunities, but transparency and honesty, bro, it's the only way for me to roll through life. It's the, and if something bothers me, you're going to know and vice versa. If I offend you, I want to know. Well, and that, and that's what I, that's what I've always maintained. And I'm glad that, you know, through the ebbs and flows of all of the different things that you and I have maintained Uh a solid, I feel like at any point in time I could call you and I, and I don't when things go bad, because I know that if it's, if you deem it bad enough that I'm going to have to do it your way and I have to figure out my own way to do it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, be careful. A lot of us have a hard time reaching out and, and you know, that's what homies are for. And there's, you don't need a lot of them. No, you don't need, you don't need a bunch, but if you've got a few, you know, you need the right ones, right? That's right, bro. That's right. Yeah. You know, and it is interesting. There's, you know, you talk about image and whatever, and there's, I do find that there's like, it's not posing, but people who are trying so hard to fit into an image or to be something. And then there's people that are unique and just do their thing. Right. Those are the people that really I'm attracted to. And I want to be more like, I don't want to knock off the last festival that somebody did we want to do something unique and special it's the same way with you guys you know you you guys have so um the tmmr the tennessee motorcycle music revival so here's my expectations i i hear about it in 2019 for whatever re- oh well 2019 i'm trying i'm losing no 2018 probably okay no i yeah. heard about it in 2018 and my dad passes september yeah. 3rd i can't go yeah I just wanted to go and uh, that point in time in my life was the lowest point in time in my life. I was, I was working a hundred percent in the shop by myself. I had, uh, I had an unfortunate situation with 
somebody who had been working with me that uh, was not of sound situation. And so I had to let him go. Um, and I was working by myself. My dad passes, can't really go anywhere, can barely keep the lights on. I just work, 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 work. Um, and miss, miss that. Well, then, uh, I get, I get invited by Bill to be, uh, to participate in the BC moto. So we go, we show up and it is not, I have no expectations. First off, um, not really, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect. I go there. I never left the grounds. Right. I didn't have to. It was, everyone uh, was nice. Everyone was nice. There was room for everyone. Everyone had a good time. It was smiles all the way around, hugs, handshakes, high fives. I found my new, like, all-time favorite band, like two of them. Uh, You know, you got, that was the year you guys had Stone Senate, Cadillac 3. And Cadillac 3, if somebody hasn't seen them, those three dudes, more more sonic power pound for pound than anybody I have ever seen. And I have seen, I mean, I, I, I akin it to honestly, dude. And, uh, and I told everybody this, this isn't something that I'm just saying to, to, to rub someone's buns. It was like what I would consider like the experience or cream to be, it was that sonically, you know, just that big, that the presence those guys had on stage was bananas. Yeah, you know, and that, again, it goes back to kind of what we were talking about earlier. You know, why aren't those guys on the radio? I'll tell you why. The same reason why everybody doesn't have a bling cycle or, a, you know, a, it, it takes a special person. I heard a quote that was really interesting. Uh, some people like what they know. Most people like what they know. Yeah. Some people know what they like, right? Yeah. That's a smaller audience. Yeah. So when you hear Cadillac 3 and my friends go, oh, but I don't hear them on the radio, I'm like, well, the radio's bullshit. Yeah. This is pure music. Complete. And, and dude, those guys have written so much music for other country artists. Like, it's crazy. They've probably made as much money, the lead guy anyway, writing for dude, other Jaylen, country Jalen plays a freaking flying V guitar. They're all tiny dudes. One dude's got the, the, the keyboardist is up on that riser with his giant hair. Yeah, they're, they're badass. Dude, bro. they're just killer. And then. But you know what? I, and listen, I, I, I don't want to brag, but we've had like, I don't know if you saw True Villains rock band out of Nashville. Unbelievable. And they'll be back this year. Uh, Steel Woods. Uh, you had you Yellow know, Wolf one year, didn't you? Whiskey Myers, Yellow Wolf. We're really, uh, look, you can go to any rally. I always tell people, you know, you can parachute out of an airplane yeah. and land at any of the majors anywhere in the world. And I'm not taking anything away from any of them. They, they've, they've got history and culture and I love them all, but you're going to hear the same music. You're going to see the same bikes. You're kind of going to see the same crowd. You're going to have some wannabe tough guys there. Uh, and, and, and again, look, I, I cut my teeth on these events and I love them. I still, and I love them now to what you hit on earlier. When I go to Sturgis now, it's not to see Kid Rock or. No, it's to, to see you. I want to yes, see you. Exactly. It's to see the guys. And I know that once a year we all get to get together and it's like, we pick up where we were yesterday. Yeah. Right. But the music is, you know, we're really, really going to stay true to uh, emerging almost there nashville's next southern rock uh you know uh country with an attitude country outlaw country 70s country that's the vibe where uh you know i i'm not interested in in bubblegum or soda pop it has to be authentic 
how do you so okay, let's let's back up just a second because when i heard about tmmr i'm like okay so i can talk about you know you and i have a mutual friend that's a dear friend carrie rep who is somebody who, i want to talk about carrie too i'm glad you brought her up i yeah i'm I, i'm trying to get her to come on here and she's like ah, i don't you know and <laughs> i you know carrie the funny thing about carrie i'll tell you a funny story about carrie is that i always made sure you know when i was when i was coming up early in the early days i always made sure that i went up to somebody went up to as many people as i could and was nice and professional and shook their hand and made sure they at least remembered my face the next time they saw me because i never knew i i always knew that i wanted to you know to get i wanted to get all the pieces and parts, you know, because like you hit on it earlier, some of the best musicians in the world are never on the radio, right? Some right. of the best bike builders are building in their home garage and they're never going to go to a show. So Correct. I, you know, there's, I felt like there was space for me. So I always went up to Carrie and I think it wasn't until a couple of years ago that Carrie realized that she's known me for as long as she's known me. And we've been in the same space for as many times as we've been in. And so now our, our friendship is, is kind of, it's, it's funny when we, when we talk about it, cause I talk to her pretty frequently about, you know, events and stuff. Cause we put on an event here. That's a lot of work. And so oh. the way I understood it was there was a Nashville bike week of some sort. There, there were some promoters that were not being fair and equitable and they absconded with something. And so you guys kind of came in and said, look, we'll do it, but we're doing it this way. It's going to be it's going to have integrity. It's going to have a, a certain feel to it and it's going to be authentic. That's absolutely. Well, and the story actually is even deeper. I'll give you the short version, but Carrie, it was her idea about 10 years ago. Right. Uh, she came to me and kind of said, look, there's nothing going on in the national area. You know, the timing, uh, we went out and looked at it. We looked at every possible venue, you know, within 50 miles of Nashville, <clears throat> looked at a lot of different ones. Uh, ended up at the ranch, started a great relationship with Loretta, her daughter, the, the whole family. And they're an amazing group of people. Part of that vibe you feel out, not part of it, that vibe you feel out of there. We've continued it and we maybe leverage it and we multiply it where we can, but it starts with Loretta. There's and, some and, energy on that property, dude, that I can't dude, it is. There's a patina and a feeling out there and it's carried on. So, well, I don't want to jump around too much, but uh, let me give you the... We looked at doing it. Uh, we almost had a deal. I mean, literally, we were going to a hotel to ink some paper. It's a big family. They do the motocross national Amis out there. We couldn't really come to terms on numbers. Um, I think they were used to an event that's scared. You know, look, if your kid makes the national amateur motocross, yeah, you're it's going. A, it's a big deal. It's yeah. like it's like the national wrestling tournaments we go to, right? So they're kind of guaranteed a certain amount of business every time they do that event. It didn't start that way. They had to build that thing and it took years. I think it's been going on for 25 or 30 years now. But at any rate, we couldn't quite make the deal we wanted. Uh, we shook hands. We hugged. We left on great terms. Um, the, a year went by. Two years went by. A guy came in. He was actually a pretty good promoter. He was just a freaking con man. And he, if he would, he's one of those guys, if he would have just put his energy into doing the right thing, he might have found some success because he created some interest. He promoted and then he screwed everybody and he probably absconded with, I don't know, it's hard to know how much, but you know, he, he ripped a lot of people off and he hurt a lot of people, including the ranch, because when he didn't honor his part of the agreement, the ranch immediately 
went into default, you know, got lawyers involved, contacted Carrie and I to help with a little PR uh, and to kind of clean it up because they were catching a lot of flack because, and I, and I tried to explain to people, I'm like, look, it would be as if you leased a property to somebody, they promised to pay you and have a legitimate business in that property. And then you found out they were dishonest and were a con man. Right. All you could do at that point is kick them out, clean it up, say you're sorry and, and, and take your lumps, which the ranch did. But it really, their name was sullied unfairly through that. Uh, he was a bad dude. He went to prison. I hope he stays there. Uh, if not, I hope he runs into some of the people that he stole from. Because, it, you know, when you take $1,000 or $500 from a Viking family, that may be their only vacation of the year. Yep. They work their asses off. Uh, maybe they're drywallers or cement guys or who knows how they make their money. But they, they work hard. They show up early. They stay late. And that may be the one thing in the year where they get to go and raise a little hell and, and celebrate with their friends. So really, I, t I take it really personally. Any, yeah. Anytime somebody, but promoters who burn people are a special kind of scum that deserve uh, every bit of recourse they can get. Uh, so long story short, we talk to them. There's still a lot of interest. Carrie and I look at it and Carrie uh, can be a very compelling person. She can sell and she's, She's strong and she's really a force of nature herself. She's got a good, strong then, track record too of producing things that are motorcycle related. And, you know, I know she oh, does man. boat things and other things too, but yeah, I know Carrie's her from done the motorcycle charity stuff. stuff, bar stuff, concert stuff. Uh, she was Bruce Rossmeyer's, one of his main gals <clears throat> back when Bruce Rest His Soul was, uh, was I think, the number one dealer in the world. Uh, right. So, yeah, she's, she's very well connected. She can craft deals really well. She's creative. She's awesome. She's an awesome partner. And we check each other really well because sometimes I get way out there conceptually and she pulls me in a little bit You're, operationally. You, you cast a, you cast a, a large wake sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And I'm trying, very energetic. trying not to take up all the, the air in the room and listen a little more than maybe I did when I was younger. Um, but she checks me and she does it well. And I hope I check her as well. It's, it's become a great partnership. And then the third part of the partnership really is the Lynn family. And, you know, I, I just have to say that my, our ability to sit down with Loretta, even if it's only a couple times a year, and we haven't been able to see her through COVID, um, but it's, it's pretty amazing. Loretta right. is a badass. I mean, oh, yeah. in business, in music, in life, Loretta is, is just, you talk about a woman who broke all the, the ceilings and the, you know, the constraints and was singing about things and, and dealing with content that was not acceptable in that day and age. No. Found tre tremendous success and did it all, bro, on grit and drive and creativity and gumption. You know, she's she's just and we can just say one for of my heroes. Can we just say for a second, she was always easy on the eyes, too. She's a beautiful woman. And, you know, Dude, Loretta. I, we still, I, I try to flirt with her every time I can. And then I get jealous because she, I guess, has this thing for Dennis Quaid, which doesn't sit real well with me. But, um, <laughs> you know, I just saw a thing yesterday from Taylor, her granddaughter. And she said, honey, just be good to people. Yeah. That's all God wants. That's and amazing. I was like, it's fucking beautiful, man. Yeah. Like if we all just lived a little more like that, it isn't that complicated. But she is she has proven to be an amazing partner. She understands, you know, the motocross thing they built out there is fantastic. Uh, her grandson, Anthony Bruto, runs the ranch now. Young guy, creative, tech savvy. Um, that ranch will continue to evolve and grow and become a, a dynamic 
venue, no matter what. Uh, and, and I just, the times I've been able to spend with Loretta and learn from her. And, you know, I think the other thing she said is you got to be first, you got to be different or you got to be great. You know, it's hard to be all three. Sometimes you got to pick what you're trying to do, but she's just savvy, man, and, and gutsy and smart. And yeah, I love Loretta and I love the family. The, even bro, the ranch staff out there, like they're just, they're unbelievable people. And it all started with Loretta. Loretta believes that if you treat people well and you provide people with a good guest experience and a unique experience, there will be plenty of opportunity. And it's, it's, I, I believe in it. Oh, we govern ourselves that way um, here at Cycle Stop USA. And the one thing I wanted to touch on that you mentioned was that I try to explain to people, <clears throat> and I guess this is just me showing my age and, and maybe a little bit of maturity. I'm not trying to say that I'm mature, but you mentioned earlier about people, this is their one shot at, you know, kind of raising some hell and having a good time. You know, there are people that work all year pulling wire, uh, putting pipe in, climbing towers, fixing windmills. They're from all walks of life. They're all colors, all backgrounds. Some are wealthy, some are not wealthy. There are people that save their whole gear just to go to do a bike week, right? Yep. And it's not, it's really, it's not really right or fair to clown on somebody for having a good time if they're not hurting anybody else. And you don't know what somebody's situation is. That time they belly up to the bar next to you and, and order a, a $2 beer and start talking with you, you might be the, you might be the, the, the difference in their day. Right. So, so being nice to people that that's all God wants you to do or whatever. I mean, I get that. That's a, that's, right. that's an, I'm not trying to get all weird and, and foofy and hippie dippy, but I mean, that's not bad advice. And you got to remember that everybody's got a different story. Everybody comes from a different place. Well, you know, Jace, we live in a time when it's so vitriolic and so divisive and so extreme in what we digest and the diet we're fed on a daily that I, I do think it matters. I do think getting back to the fact that most Americans that I experience in the South, in the West, in the East, it doesn't matter. I've, I've you know, ridden motorcycles across most of the United States with, with guys. And uh, my experience is people are good. People yeah. are hardworking. People are generally honest. People are generally not racist assholes. I, I just haven't experienced that. So when I hear these, these narratives, I don't want to make light of the dis you know, the disingenuous person or the injustice, I know it occurs, but, but there is something to be said for getting back to the basics of meeting people, uh, giving them a chance, hearing somebody who might have a different point of view than you, and, and at least try to understand their perspective. Um, there is so much opportunity for us as a country to, and a culture to come together. Uh, and it's, it's pretty important right now, you know, so, I think if we got back to people and away from politicians and back to people and away from ideologies and extreme viewpoints, we'd find that most of us want the same things, share the same things and, and have a lot of commonality. I think if more people went and, and this is, this isn't a corny statement. This is like legit go to the ranch and then walk down to the river next to the, where the horse barn is and, and, yeah. and try to have a bad day. Try to have, just take your shoes and socks off, roll your pant legs up to your ankles and walk in that water. And it, I don't know, there's something on that property that kind of just sucks all the, all the, any bad energy that you have, any, you can't have a 
there's no way to have a bad day there because well, and it's such, it's such a trip too because just even the geography of it right you come in yeah the topography of it is, and then you you go up a hill right yep and you come over that hill and all of a sudden it's just this green shangri-la with you know a creek on one side and a mountain range on the other and the story is that in 1965 loretta and do pull in there, you know, and it's, it's 45 minutes from Nashville, the way I drive, probably an hour from Nashville, the way some people drive. Uh, evidently she said, Hey, this is it. This is home. They made an offer and they bought it the next day. And then do her husband built most of what's out there, that pavilion, uh, a lot of that hardscape out there was his work. And, and that, you know, those guys out there, they're real cowboys, man. There's nothing those guys can't build or fix. And there's nothing that faces those guys. Like, we're like, hey, we want to do this. They're like, okay, this is what it takes. Uh, but I think the vibe out there started with Loretta. And then I think it's carried on. And, and one of our things operationally, we won't tolerate it. Like, um, I, I won't tolerate violence. I won't tolerate people being made uncomfortable. Uh, I want female riders to feel safe there. And they are. It should, you know, I remember early on um, talking to some people who said, oh, we should make it family friendly. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I do not want to have kids, you know, running around Sturgis. That's but I was wrong. I got to mm. say I was wrong. The yeah. People who brought their families, the kids are there during the day and they see Rhett Rotten and they get to race mini bikes and go through the BC Moto. And look, if we don't teach us culture to these kids, it's it, not going it to die. It dies in a generation. Buddy, and you when, and I both know that when I came home. In 19, when I came home, I sat all my employees down and I said, listen, I'm telling you right now, this is where you take your family to. Uh, you can take, I could, and I could take Karen and my girls when they were younger, right? Every, and there's just, there's enough biker for it to be a biker event. But yeah. I, I felt like I've never been anywhere. And I told, to be fair, you can ask Carrie. I told her this when I got home. I'm like, I don't even believe that I was just at that event. I mean, it was that amazing of an event where I felt like you could take anybody there. Everybody was looking out for everybody. Everybody was smiles, hugs, and handshakes, high fives. Yep. It it's was, love, bro. It's love and respect. You know, that's really what it is. And we say that in the biker world all the time, love and respect, right? But do we live that? And and at that event, we do I, there. really – we, we really do. do. And, and here's the thing too. I was a little worried, you know, are these kids going to be coming into the bar? No, the Not truth at is all. this culture and this community knows how to manage that. Well, and I was so, just going to tell you, there's people that are good parents know how to be good. People that are correct. good people know how to be good parents and people that are good parents know, aren't going to do things in front of other people's kids. I, I don't correct. even know how to explain it. It was just like, so because there's, there's things that go on. And, and so if you haven't been to the TMMR, here's what I want to tell you. When you go to TMMR, you're greeted by a staff of people that are happy to see you. They're glad you're here. They tell you that we're glad you're here. Then when you go down to your campsite or to your cabin or whatever, and you get kind of settled in and, you know, you, you, you position this here and get that and whatever. And then everybody is around you tells you that they're glad you're here and they're glad to meet you. And then Buck comes around on a golf cart and tells you that he's, he's glad you're here. Do you need anything? And do you, is there, is everything good? It, and, and it never ends. It's just, it's, it's a community. Yeah. And it, I feel like it's just like this pop-up community of people that care about why they're there and they want to have a good time. And I know people that are planning like, Hey, I need to go over here. I'm going to get a hotel. So I'm off the grounds in cases. I'm telling you, I got there, didn't want to sleep. I got there 
Wednesday or Thursday, stayed up. You, when when the concerts are done, then you go over to the the tents that are over by the river, and you you listen to a smaller group of people. It was just, and then there's a campfire, and there's people talking, and man, it's just it's absolute perfection, and it's not contrived, and it's not scripted, and you guys nailed it right out of the park, dude. It's the most amazing event I've ever been to. And I will tell anyone that Jason, I appreciate that, especially coming from you. And, you know, we, I think in four years have had one guy, we had to remove one act, you know, one guy who was pushing it. And even my security guys, which are, you know, capable guys, they're going to be gentlemen. They're going to give somebody every opportunity to go back to the tent and get your shit together and come back for a beer tomorrow, but you got to behave yourself, you know? Uh, and, and look, we're freedom people, right? We should all be free to do what we want to do as long as we're not raining on someone else's parade or putting someone else at risk. So we try to be open-minded and really accepting of everybody, including the bike you ride. Like Harley Davidson is uh, a key sponsor and, and surrounding Harley Davidson dealerships. We've got 25 dealers coming and sponsoring this event, which is pretty, I, I don't think it's ever really happened. No, because and, most dealers are very protective of their area. Well, I and I should give credit to Appleton Harley Davidson out of Clarksville because they have to give that permission, which they did early on. They said, yes, you know, we want everybody here. And so credit See, to them. Because they understand that a rising tide lifts all ships, Buck. It's so Correct. hard to get somebody to understand that if you don't bulldog this one little piece, I mean, it's like owning 10% of 100% of a small pie or 10% of, of an, an unimaginable pie. For sure. You know? For sure. So they did a fantastic job of kind of setting the table for that. And we appreciate Appleton as a, a, an early sponsor. Um, but the feeling out there uh, will continue. We will not allow that, you know, uh, and my point earlier too, even though the kids were around during the day as they should have been, and you know, I looked over and Rhett's explaining a flathead motor to this 12 year old who looks like he's looking at Superman. It changed his uh, world. I guarantee it changed his world. Well, well dude, in danger, dude, Dan, danger, yeah. Dan's kid, I think was five or six. Then the, <laughs> he has the most beautiful family I've ever seen. Oh my way. God. Unbelievable. I love that guy. That guy's a wild animal. But at any rate, uh, his kid watches Rhett and then he's out on the track, you know, doing, uh, you know, trying to surf the bike. And Dan sure. had to go have this talk with him about, you know, doing a stunt is okay, but you got to be safe and yada, yada. But uh, come nighttime, uh, we're going to raise a little hell. We're going to, you know, we're going to drink and party and dance and listen to great music. And uh, those families managed it completely. So, you know, maybe at some point, if that vibe continues, we may create a family campground that's in a designated area where, and, and, and I will say this, while we raise hell, we are going to always be uh, aware to some degree that this is Loretta's house. So yes. we want to have fun. We want to raise hell. I don't want to see people fornicating out on the grass or whatever. None of that. And none of that. I don't want to become that. some of the events I've been to. Um, there's things I saw in Texas that I still can't get out of my mind, you know, um, back in the day. <laughs> right. But yeah, it's it's a beautiful mix and it's the people. At the end of the day, you know, I can, I, I want to give Loretta credit and I want to give Kerry credit and I want to give our team credit and the ranch staff credit. But really, the people who are making this event so amazing, it's the DNA of the people who come. So it's yeah. the BC Moto and we'll talk about that. It's the racing community. It's the you know, the, it, we had a lot of people come out who've never been to a bike event. And quite honestly, Jason, you know how it is. Some people are like, oh, you know, is it going to be chains and knives? I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's 
<laughs> it's really a group of loving, caring people, you know, who just happen to have a hard exterior sometimes. But um, we're going to maintain that. And I think the people who come are the reason it's so special. Somehow it has attracted that group of people. We're going to continue to focus on that. And the trick will be as it gets immensely popular, which it's starting to, um, how to hold on to that, how to, how to keep that, how to stay authentic and how to, um, you know, and it's not easy. As you said earlier, it's, it's not easy uh, to promote an event like this from a financial perspective. A lot of people don't understand sometimes, you know, that you can't give everything away, but at the end of the day, you got to pay for things. And, um, and I think the trick will be, and I think we're, I think our team is really well equipped. We have a new creative guy on board uh, out of New York, Matthew Lester, who's a really great brand guy. Uh, we're excited to have them involved. But yeah, that's the trick, right? And, and I will say this, Jason, this will never be a 50,000 person event. I, I think we will cap no. this event, you know, at, at some point and keep it intimate um, and find that niche that we're looking for. Yeah, I mean, it, and it was too. So, so that people that don't know, here's what we did. We did glamping. And if you yeah. haven't done that, that, so essentially you call, you know, if you go to, it's, uh, what is the website name? Our website is motorcyclesandmusic.com. Okay, motorcyclesandmusic.com. If you go there, you can, you know, you can find out all the information and the bands will be up there and ticket information. And I believe there's a list of hotels and stuff that are kind of, you know, in that area. And yeah. now it's rural but it's not that far off the freeway and there's a couple little restaurants and, and gas stations and whatnot, but we elected for the glamping where somebody comes and sets a tent up for you and it's got an air conditioner in it, it's got a heater in it, it's got cots and all the things. It was awesome. It, I mean, yeah. it's, it, it really, really, really was awesome. Well, a couple of things, Jason, I think you experienced it. You want to stay on the property. Number you one, to. you don't want to even, you know, it's eight miles just from the, the entry down to the hotels uh, I don't want people drinking and driving or drinking and riding if they can help it. So staying on the property it, and the experience is just so much better. It you is tent camp and bring your own tent. Uh, but these glamping tents, they're, they're pretty dope. Dude. They're it's cool. 16 foot canvas bell tent. It has a real bed and bedding in it. It has AC. It has power. They are secured. Uh, it, it's, it's, they're pretty cool, man. You ride in, you got a place to stay. We also have a Nashville RV who's, who will bring an RV out. You can rent RVs and get them out there. But um, it's a little more logistically challenging. It's going to be a little more expensive because you have to have someone hauling out there for you. But staying on property is the way to do it. Even if you're going to pitch a tent, throw a sleep bag in there for a day or two. Yeah, because you go to the concerts, right? There's concerts every night, which are amazing. You're going to see pro-level acts with their, you know, it's not cover band stuff. This is like legit people that you're going to hear about at some point in time. Like I told you, my favorite band like in the world right now is Stone Senate, and it has been since 19. I go, Those guys I go are awesome. dude, that the lead singer is like, I he's a giant you know he's what like I mean? six, seven, six, eight, Clint Wolseley. What a great dude. And he's got bell bottoms on and he can sing his ass off and play his and, ass off. And their lead guitarist is bananas. He's so talented. Yeah, James. You know, James those is an dudes are player. so cool. Those guys, I, I communicate with them quite frequently on social media and stuff and DMs and that. And they follow me. I follow them. I went and saw them in Daytona because they were playing a couple times and just, you know, yeah. didn't bug them. But I was just like, hey, you know, everything, you know, it's good to see you guys. And um, so those guys, uh, his dad is uh, 
well, he doesn't like people to know this, so I shouldn't say it, but his dad's kind of a big guy in the music industry. He has not relied on that name at all. He's done all his own work, Clint. Uh, he's his own man, and um, they have a bar there, though, called Losers that's in Midtown, and if you do go to Nashville, I suggest you go to Losers. You know, a lot of people go to Nashville and they end up down on Broadway. That's great, you know, but that's Main Street, and that's kind of the touristy thing to do. Everybody should do it, but then you want to get to the real Nashville. And that's places like Losers. And then there's another bar right next door that they own called Winners. And Winners has uh, emerging music every Monday and Thursday at a thing called Chopper Jam. Or excuse me, Whiskey Jam. Uh, Chopper Jam was something Donnie Reese created at our event. But uh, I always encourage people to go to Chopper Jam because it's a lot like our event. You may hear the next big thing, you know. Or I heard some guy covering an Eric Church song. And I'm like, oh, he's doing covers. They're like, no, dummy, he wrote that song. <laughs> he's the guy who actually <laughs> created the song. So you're going to hear stuff there that's pretty unique and pretty special. And it's similar to the vibe that we love. But, yeah, Stone said it. Those guys are dope. And then when you're done listening to music there, then everybody kind of goes off into the – the backside of the property there where there's a there's a tent there where there's another bar and it's this like I, I don't know i call it varying levels of chill like there's the you know the excitement of the day all the things going on and then everybody chills out and goes and watches music and then they then after that music's done then they chill out and watch other music and then when that's done they chill out and they go by the fire and it's just the crowd gets a little smaller you know each level you go up like a pyramid but it's, there's no, oh man, I could go on for hours, dude, of how much fun. Here's the, I met Dan Starkey there. Great guy, love, great builder. Dan. Dude, Dan is so aw shucks. It's like, he's like, oh, you know, you, I love his bikes. Like he's, oh, he's got a couple of me bikes too. that he the, built. And I'm like. that the, the Bill Dodge tank, the cast tank that he polished. The that one. Tank. Yeah. And, the, and then he's got the, the blue bike that he got. The dude went uh, and got permission from Warren and Billy to build the blue, uh, a blue tribute bike. That yeah, kind that of stuff is cool. Ridiculous. Yeah, dude, it's um, and he's he's ridiculously chill and nice, and I, you know, I love hanging out with that dude. He's uh, you know how you meet some people sometimes and they're just authentically enthusiastic, like yeah. excited. You know, they don't realize that they're something that people would be excited about. He's just excited to be around those other. He's super a talented dude. He's guy. a he's a battery that when I'm around him, I have more energy, and we're not even yeah, doing no, anything I, different. I love that guy. And uh, well, let me speak to that a little bit too. Uh, the Creekside Bar is awesome. We'll have a bonfire till till people tap out. Basically, uh, Bigfoot's been known to show up uh, at that bar a few times. Uh, you, ne you never know what's going to happen on Saturday night at the Creekside Bar. But I also want to talk about Bill Dodge's show and the, the the show that you're coming to and the bike you're building. Uh, but the BC Moto Invitational. Uh, Bill Dodge is a curator, and he invites uh, whoever he wants to this. The thing I love about the BC Moto, uh, we fill Loretta's barn, 36-stall barn, real horse barn, with a bike in each stall. Um, and there's something about that spot and that location and then Bill, and, and it all ties together. Because uh, I, I think there's something about Bill uh, that's kind of commensurate to what we've already been talking about. And that is, you know, you got to be able to build a beautiful bike that performs and is unique and authentic but you also kind of have to be a decent cat, you know, and it, and if you're not, you're probably not invited. Um, and that doesn't mean, you know, I don't want to, no, I know what you mean. You wasn't invited because you've only got 36 spots and, and we'll spread them around as much as we can, but to a person, some of them are shy, some of them are more outgoing, but there isn't one of those guys that, um, there's a, frater a there's a fraternity. Pleasure there. to meet. 
There's a fr- there's a fraternity there. And for them, bro, it's it's here's the other cool thing. This is my this is my second happened. invite. This is my second invite. So I'm like honored. Like I didn't think that it could happen again. Like so I wasn't planning it at all. And I've got this yeah. bike I'm doing, and I'm like, I find out on Instagram I'm on the list. I'm Karen goes, did you see the lit? Bill put his list out. You're on, and I was like, what? And I'm like, like shit. I gotta build another bike. Well, I, yeah, and I've got this. In I'll tell you about the bike when you're done talking about PC yeah. Moto, but. You know, just the guys that attracts to a person. They're just amazing dudes. And I, it's just been a pleasure to get to know each of them. Uh, and and they're, they're artists, man. I always tell people, too, like, I have people in my life that aren't motorcycle people, obviously. And I'm like, dude, if you just show up, I promise you, you'll be, you a motorcycle. be blown away. Yeah. You'll be blown away by the people you meet, by the music you hear. But you could be a Martian. And you walk in that barn and look to your right and look to your left. You see a Kawasaki triple digger next to a BMW next to three old Harleys. And a, I, I mean, it's just, and the craftsmanship, the artisticness, the, it's just, it's a unique show. And I've seen a lot of bike shows and there's a lot of great ones, but there's something about the BC moto that, uh, that is special. And, um, and I really give Bill a ton of credit for that. Bill's a, Bill's a special guy, you know? Yeah. I got, when I, when I got there in 19, um, I was just walking through the barn by myself. You know, you have some, here's one of the things that happens when you're at Team MR. You have a little bit of downtime. You'll find a couple, you know, you're there for enough days that you'll find a couple of opportunities to kind of get in your own head and kind of, like I said, dude, when you get there, the pressure's off because you made it, you know, for when you're, when you're one of the builders, because there's no award, the award is getting invited. And so you get there and you start to decompress over the first day. The first day there, you're trying to, you know, figure out where everybody's at, make sure who's here, who's who's not here. The second day is all just kind of checking everybody out. And by the third day, you're, the pressure's off. You're kind of, and I'm in the barn by myself, just looking at everybody's bikes. And there's no one else in the barn. And Bill walks in and he and I have probably what is one of the most substantive conversations that I've ever had with anybody. And it's somebody that I've looked up to my entire career who thought enough of me to not only invite me, but when I'm in the barn by myself, he has a conversation that I haven't shared with a single human being, not even my wife. And it's like, wow, holy, holy shit. Like this is not, this is what, this is what when in 2003, when I started doing this and didn't have a clue and saw Billy Lane on, built great, uh, the, the, the great biker build off building that sure. misbehaving bike, which kind of broke my brain. Sure. Um, that's the kind of thing that you hope that you get. And that's that one minute that if you never have it again, you got it. You're chasing it. Yeah. But you, I don't have to chase it anymore. Like I got it right. It's like, you know, all, it was a kind of a culmination of everything. Yeah, I remember. So I had to build build me a bike uh, that we finished about two years ago. We took an FLHP cop bike and then basically made it a big boy's Dyna. Right. Um, and it's just uh, Zach Johnson did the motor. It's just a special motorcycle. And uh, Bill had it in the shop. I'd seen it a few times, <clears throat> but I was there for uh, I think it was bike week and he had his party. And he said, yeah, hey, jump up on there. And I jumped up and kicked a leg over and I almost started crying like I was hit with this wave of emotion because it wasn't just the bike. It was this 15, 20 year relationship with Bill and with Aaron and with you and all these people that I hold so dear. Um, 
And it's a special thing that's hard to articulate, right? These emotional feelings, these connections you have to a motorcycle, to the people who built them, to that bike having a, a personality, almost a soul, if you will. And it I does really have. believe that. They do. Um, they have a soul. And that you can feel kind of the work that went into it and the intent. Um, I, I, I deal with this guy, Jocko Willink, who's a Navy SEAL commander, and I do some leadership stuff in a course he puts on. But the other day he said something that really struck me. He said, people can smell intent. I was like, wow, that's such a crazy statement that like people can tell where you're coming from. They can tell what you're trying to do if you're authentic. Yeah. And that's what I felt in that motorcycle. And every time I look at that and it represents Bill and our friendship, but also hundreds of friendships that, that are tied into the motorcycle community that I see embodied in that bike. So yeah, I get it, bro. I get it. You know, there's a thing that happens in, in that's, that's unfortunate, but it's part of, it's part of life. When you go back to how many bike weeks you've been to, you go back to how many Sturgis, um, you know, Black Hills classics you've been to, how many TMMRs we're going to go to. <clears throat> there's a group of people that come in and out of those spaces. And then there's a group of people that always seem to be there. And we're, you know, neither neither you nor I are in our golden years, if you will. But we're, we're past, we're into that adolescence piece where, we're the ones making some pretty large scale decisions that affect other people and yeah. the decisions that we make. I mean, I have a crew of people here now at the, at the bike shop buck that when my father passed, my daughter came to me and said she wanted to be part of the motorcycle business. I really, at that point in time thought, well, she, you know, my, my dad was the patriarch of the family, very close with all the kids, my sister's kids, my kids. And, uh, here we are almost three years later. I told her if she got her finance degree, I would give her, you know, ownership of the company and she wants to turn it into a dealership. And still here she is every single day toiling in and out of this thing. So it's quite, it's quite a monster that it's, it's turned into, right? Like it's not going anywhere. Right. For me, this is the only thing I know how to do. I'm, I'm figuratively and literally unemployable, I think with other people. And so, but I'm not, well, I was, I was really proud of you and uh, impressed. You know, we talked a little bit about it, but you changed the business model a little bit and you're, you're outside the box as to how you typically are doing what you're doing and, and you're finding success, which is, you know, it's not easy in this industry, right. To find a way to make it be your passion, but still pay the bills. And um, that's because you are an open-minded guy because you are trying to learn from other people because you do have humility and you don't let your ego uh, run your life and your business. And, 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 you deserve a lot of credit for that. I, I was very impressed uh, by, because yeah, you and I, we were really tight and, and guys, I got to tell you back in the day in like 07, 08, 06, bro, it was bananas. Right. It, you know, yeah, there's stories that we can't even tell, but you know, you were pretty young then and, yeah. uh, and you're still a hardworking guy and a hard charging guy, which is all I look for. If someone's willing to work hard and show up early and stay late and they're honest, I think they're going to be successful. And I saw all of that in you, you know, the first time I met you, I think, but to see you then come full circle now where this, you've turned it, you know, you, you've lost your dad, which obviously is a brutal and painful thing, but you've also then gotten out of your comfort zone and figured out how you were going to make it work and put your mark on it. And uh, I think that's really cool, man. And I, I'm really proud of you for doing that. Thank you. You know, I mean, it's, it's something I try to, I try to implore the people who work with me, not for me, but with me, because I, I don't let everybody work for me. Everybody that works right. here works with me. Uh, right. Implore them to have enough intestinal fortitude 
to make it make it work for themselves. You know, all the people who work here are subcontractors with me. And I do that so that they have complete and total ownership in the success or lack thereof of everything sure. we do. And I find that teaching somebody ownership gives them, you know, that's, that's high stakes. And if they're not willing to continue on that path, and I've had people leave because of that, but yeah. you know, ultimately they don't want to own the results of their actions. And so, you know, everything that you and I do in this business now is it's so uh, it's opportunity based on the front end, but on the back end, it's results based and we've got to produce, yeah. right? Yeah, there's effective or ineffective. The rest is bullshit, quite honestly. And it's interesting what you just said, because you would think most people when presented with an opportunity of not just going and being stuck in a cubicle or working under a boss, someone who comes and says, listen, I'm going to give you an opportunity to have a piece of this and to be my partner in this. And you're going to, you're going to have opportunity and benefits based on your production. Right. You would think, you would think that would excite every human being, but the truth is some people want to be told what to do. Some people want to be told what's black and what's white. It's not for everybody, but when you can tap into those guys who, who take it personally and own it, man, you can, it, there's no telling what you can achieve with even a small group of those people. Yeah, and I've got a really, really strong uh, support system here that that everybody understands. You know that they've got to they've got to justify their existence, and they can make as much money as they want to make. You know, sure, that's um, beautiful, bro. And it's mostly so you you tell me a little bit about it. You guys do a lot of service. Yeah, and then you you build a bike every year or two, just uh, kind of to keep. That's, I mean, you know, it's based on opportunity and, and oppor I consider opportunity. If you accept an opportunity, it's because it's something that you want to do, right? So it needs to be the right fit because I'm not the best guy to build something that I can't do. If someone wants all custom sheet metal, well, a dude like Aaron, he can do all that. You know, right. I'm, I've always told everybody, you know, and I wanted to have this conversation with you a little bit because I'm a fan first. Right. I'm a fan of Aaron. I'm a fan of Billy. I'm a fan of Jesse. I will tell you that over the course of the last 18 years, which is how long I've been around those folks, and I've been around all those folks in different situations. Sure. I'm still a fan of their work. Um, but at this point in time, my relationship with those people has to be predicated on how they treat me, how they treat the situation that we're in, and how I perceive them, right? You talked earlier about integrity and about you can smell intent and those kinds of things. I've had to learn the hard way that not everybody that I'm around wants to see me succeed. And uh, I'm not naming any, I'm not saying it was any of the people that we were, we were just talking about. I'm mostly talking about former business partners or former customers and those types of things. It, you know, there's customers that don't want to see you succeed. They just want to see you get done what you need, what they need you to, to get done for them. Right. right. So, you know, you've, I, I, that's wisdom where you can learn to smell intent. How you just said that Jocko Wilnick said that yeah. there's something I'm trying to teach my employees or the guys who work with me to understand that sometimes the intent is not, favor it's not equitable and it has to be equitable for everybody you have to be firm fair and honest for sure well and we kind of early on and I, I don't know how we got to it but we're like 
no drama, no assholes. And we've right. stuck to it, you know, and, and it works. You know, we've had some deals we were tempted to make or people we were tempted to, to work with. And then I'm like, you know what? And Carrie too, we both go on gut a lot and uh, we trust that intuition and we believe in reputation. And uh, yeah, so figuring that out early and understanding that our culture was to work with the right kind of people. And, uh, and if it doesn't fit, that's okay. We're not for everybody and everybody's not for us. Um, but you will find, I think when you go down that road and you find like-minded people, uh, it becomes a force multiplier. Yeah. Uh, it's not. So let's say it's Jason and then you find two guys who partner with you and then it goes to four. You're not twice as powerful. You're no. three times as, you know, it leverages geometrically when you start to attract enough of the right kind of people, it can, it can create inertia. I think we're in a very, very, very um, optimistic point in our, in our industry that there are no vampires in the castle. I use that phrase a lot. So you have an event like yours that goes off where everybody that comes away from it, not one person that comes away from your event comes away with a negative outlook. Even if they don't come back another time, they had a good time and everything went the way that it needed to go. And that's why I, I can't wait till we get to go to the event this year. And, and, you know, I don't know. Do you think it'll stay in May? I do. We wanted to move it to the spring anyway, and I think it's better. Um, obviously, with what we're going through in the world, it'd be great if we had another 60 or 90 days. Um, but, I mean, I, you and I were both just in bike week. Look, there was a, probably 300,000, 300, 400,000 people there. People either have had the virus and they're okay. Right. They're vaccinated or they're low risk, or they're comfortable with the risk. And for me, that's good enough. And look, the ranch is big enough where if you want to be there and socially distance, you can, and, you know, we'll provide certain safety measures. But the truth is, it's time for us to get back to life and to be free people. I, I, I'm so disappointed in the leadership of our country on all sides. Everywhere. All sides. Yep. I, you know, I, I, I don't subscribe to the vilification of one and the other some savior i think government in general and politics in general has become self-serving and not not representative of the people but i don't want to go down a wormhole here but my point is you know just that i'm on team us you yeah, me, everyone yeah absolutely so i'm a freedom guy first and foremost and uh the ranch is is a large property I'd also encourage people, if you haven't, you know, this vaccine may, if you are at risk, this vaccine may be the most impactful scientific achievement in the history of our planet. I yeah. mean, it, it is pretty impressive what they have done. We don't really know the long-term effects, perhaps, but we do know the short-term, and we've now got 250 million people. And I know about this stuff because my, my other business is healthcare-related, right. um, but I also think it's a personal decision. My point, though, is it's time to get back to life and it's time for people to be free and to take the risks they want to take. And look, let's be honest. Riding motorcycles is inherently fucking dangerous. <laughs> we, we, we can make it safer and we can make it less safe depending on our behavior. But I always love like when an ICU nurse or a, a physician goes, hey, you shouldn't do that. It's dangerous. I'm like, really? As if we didn't know. Right. Soccer's we dangerous. Know we know uh, it's dangerous. Football's dangerous. Everything's dangerous. Life's dangerous. You know what's not so, dangerous? I, I it I have to tell you this that the, this is unbelievable to me. You guys have 
Billy Gibbons coming to TMMR. Yes. We haven't talked yes. about that yet. So thank you. <laughs> uh, so we've talked about the BC Motor. The one other thing about BC Motor you hit on, but it's really important. It came from Bill. There's no winner in this show. There is no, no guy who gets a trophy. Uh, we try to make it so they all benefit and they all do well. And you do uh, a good Bill job of that. It was really clear from day one. This is not a show that's going to have an award or a winner. And we've honored that. Um, but yeah, back to the music. Uh, we got Billy Gibbons Saturday night. Uh, and Billy is good friends with Tim Montana. And they've collaborated on some projects and some songwriting. Uh, Tim Montana will open for Billy. Stone Senate will open for Tim. That is going to be a bananas night. But I'm telling you, every night the music is ridiculous. Um we got a band that's, uh, they were here last year, these three gals, Sweet Tea Trio. They're one of Kid yep. Rock's projects. Yep. They were phenomenal. Um, True Villains is a band, uh, really a hard rock band. I guess if I was going to compare them to somebody, maybe Audio Slavish, super nice. punchy, super tight, original. They'll play one or two uh, covers to get the crowd, but they're phenomenal. And then um, got a new guy, Tyler J, who's a great story, Marine Corps guy as outlaw country as they come uh kind of a guy who's getting ready to break in nashville so tyler's playing uh rob linus who's a huge i'm a huge fan of rob's but all these guys man i you know i, I remember one year we had ben haggard and uh one of the builders came up to me and he goes you know what dude i don't even like country music and that was the dopest thing I've seen <laughs> in a long time. That's so, the Cadillac 3 thing that happened to me two years ago. I was like, what the fuck am I seeing? These guys are insane. So to show you how precarious the event business can be, though, that year was really a good year. And then Saturday, from Friday afternoon, the weather went from 70 degrees to about 32 degrees. I remember. I don't know if you remember. but Yeah, I it, do. It really got cold. And... Look, when it's cold, people don't drink as much and they don't party as much. And so there weren't as many people there witnessing Cadillac 3 as I would have liked. Um, but we still had a good event. And we, you know, but it just shows you, you could have one bad day. You can have bad weather. You can have economic downturns. You can have viruses. That, shit, you don't know. You don't know. But but it's, um, it is a business that if you're willing to take some risk, it can be exciting and fun. And, and for us, it all goes back to the guest experience. Like everything starts with that. We actually have kind of laws of execution. And the first law is that our guest experience defines all opportunity for us. It absolutely everything does. we do and everything we're going to be able to do has to be predicated on someone coming there and having the experience you had and going home and saying, that was the coolest thing I've been involved with. I can't wait to go back. Yeah. I, well, I can't, I'm, you know, I'm, <clears throat> I, 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 I get some opportunities thrown at me just based on the fact of what I do for a living and where I'm at and the friends I've made and that, but I would pay to go to this show absolutely unequivocally. And I've told all of my friends, I want all of my friends to go there because I would just want them. I want them one time. I want someone who's been to bike week and gone like, meh, to go to TMMR and go, yeah, this is amazing. It's hard to explain and articulate without, I don't want to be offensive to those other events, you know, but it is different. No, it's, it's not being offensive at all in, in no the, way, shape or form. The other thing, Jason, that's important this year with Harley Davidson surrounding dealers sponsoring and the amount of support they've come with, we will have real racing this year. Kelly Inman is our race director. Kelly's done X Games, Red Bull. He's the real deal. So we will have a real track uh, and, and 
I'm sure we'll get a ton of local guys. Uh, we'll have the minis. We'll have dirties. We'll have something for everybody. Dude, you guys even bring in top shelf bar staff like I, Sloan uh, from freaking from the, the Broken best, Spoke is there. And best all, in the world. I don't know best. any of the other, other girls' names, but I know them by face. The the one lady who is um, she is she's like Sherilyn. Yeah, she's not Bro. not a spring chicken. She it, she's a good looking girl. Good looking lady takes care of herself, takes care of the, all, all the people there. It's, it's, it's so dude. That it's bar top staff shelf. is handpicked and they shelf. are really amazing. Uh, Ed gal, Cheryl Lynn can outsell most, most anybody, believe it or not. And yes, yeah, Sloan, Karen, Noel, Kat, Karen. All of them. They're just, and, and the beauty is they got it right away. Like the first year it was pretty lean because we underestimated how much damage that con man had done. We underestimated how, I mean, and literally for two years, Jason, people would come up to me and go, oh, you're that guy. And I'm like, no, I'm not that guy. That guy's in jail. And one by one, we we had to win people over. So the first year was pretty tough. We, we underestimated the amount of pain in the community and the amount of anger, I think. Uh, but we've, we've really turned that corner and we've, uh, every single person who had a gripe or a complaint or whatever from that guy, we tried to do the best we could to make them as whole as we could. Right. Uh, Those and, are the and, dudes you go after. Those are the people you go after and say, hey, look, you know, we want to make it right. 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 And you can, you know how it is. You know, uh, sometimes a customer's unreasonable. It's still worthwhile to try to win them over and to try to, you know, I think there is a point where if someone's unreasonable, you got to, you got to make intelligent decisions. But, yep. um, but those bartenders, even from year one, they got it. They're like, oh, this is going to be huge. This is the coolest thing. And it's really become the event that the industry people love, which you feel that. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll have more racing. We got a dope lineup of music. Um, Moto Maiden will have a ladies art exhibit. Uh, ladies and Motorcycle put on by Savannah Rose will be out there. Uh, we'll have some other artists. Uh, vendors, you know, we'll have some of the typical stuff, but we also have some really cool artistic uh, Metallurgency, I don't know if you know his work, but Anvil, uh, he's a guy who does amazing jewelry. He's one of our sponsors. He'll be out there. We're stoked to have Law Tigers as a sponsor this year. They've been phenomenal. Um, Harley Davidson. Uh, Harley Davidson. Right. You know, it's 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 exceptional. It's starting to attract the right kind of people. And um, and I'm, I'm grateful. And Kerry's grateful. And, and we want to share this experience with as many people as we can. Um, like-minded people. I should say. So yeah, I'm stoked, bro. I'm excited. Tell me before we go though, tell me about your bike or whatever you want to, or is it a big reveal? Or no, no, no. Stop? It's here's the deal. So, um, back when I, back when you and I first met, I, I, I ordered a West coast choppers frame when Jesse had that 90, $999 sale. I remember that. 999. Yeah. CFL. That was my birthday in 05. I ordered that. Didn't get it for a year. It took me another year to put it together. So when I first met you, I was putting, I was putting the final touches on it. And, uh, I got it. Darren Williams painted it for me and it was just, the bike turned out great. It was in cycle source magazine. And I got in my own head and said, I, you know what, I've got to sell this thing and, and build my next bike. And I remember driving all the way down to Kentucky to meet a guy that was driving up from Southern Georgia. We were meeting halfway and we were going to do the drop. And when I pulled that bike out in the Walmart parking lot and put it in the back of his truck and drove home, uh, I knew I had, I had messed up and Karen, didn't I mean Karen was upset she was very upset she was mad at me and she really liked riding on the back of that chopper ironically enough and um 
so I had, I, I get the bike and or I get, you know, he's got the bike, whatever I lose track of it. It's gone about four years ago. I get a, a, a message on Facebook from a guy who says, Hey, I think I own your bike. And so he sent me pictures of it. I was like, yeah, I, I built that in 07, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And he says, uh, I changed the seat. And I said, well, what did you do with the seat that was on it? Because fabricator Kevin gave me that seat. It was a gift. And he said, uh, I still have it. And I said, well, I'd like to buy it from you. And so I, he, I sent him like 120 bucks through PayPal or whatever. He sent me the seat. Well, another year goes by and he contacts me. He's like, Hey, every time I take this bike somewhere, people recognize it as your bike. I, you know, it's a nice bike. I love it, but it's your bike. It's not mine. I want my bike. And I said, well, he wanted to have it redone. He says, well, uh, I want to have it repainted. And I said, well, wait before you have it repainted. I, I'll make a deal with you. If you'll buy new sheet metal and bring me the bike, I will fit all the new sheet metal to the bike and I will pay for an equivalent paint job if I can get my old paint job back. So he said, done. So he shows up with the bike, the new tins and new bars, new controls, new this, new that. So many parts that it wasn't my bike at all anymore. The only thing I, I kept on there was wheels, tires, which were just spoked wheels, frame, powertrain, and that's it. Right. Everything else was changed. So I have my entire, so he, and then he, he sells me all of the parts back that were on my bike that were my personal parts, like my, my top fuel quarter turn throttle, my hand controls, my risers, my bars, my this, my that, everything, everything that was mine on that whole bike, except for the plate frame mount and the sprocket. So I redo the bike for him. He, pay, he ended up having to pay me a bunch of money because I, I fit all these new other new parts too. So I have the tins. Well, I have this frame that I designed that Paul at Bare Knuckle Choppers built for me. I have a set of trees that uh, Bill Dodge gifted to me in 08 that I've been saving. I have all the parts off my bike. So basically I have this this bike that I'm building that is a culmination of the la of basically my entire career of things that I've either purchased from other people or had people gift to me and those types of things. Cause the, at the time when you met me, I was struggling. I was young. I had two young kids. It, here's something you don't know. When I sold to get to bike week in 07 to work for Aaron, I had, uh, at the time I didn't have a motorcycle. I was building it at West coast chopper. I sold my drum set to kid rocks. Uh, one of kid rocks, guys to uh to finance my trip to work for aaron because if you remember i picked you up in my parents conversion van i hitched a ride with my parents i slept in the infield at the at the daytona track because aaron was dealing with the imbba and they gave him one of those winnebago or uh travel trailers i was sleeping in a travel trailer with no running water or anything and hanging out with you guys and i had the time of my life i mean i remember that whole week like very vividly but um so I'm building this bike with all my old parts. So this bike is coming in. It, it's it's a culmination of all my friends. Pat Patterson from Lead Sled is building me a custom set of his Challenger wheels. So everybody that wheels, everybody that I love and know, uh, yeah. I just I ordered one of Paul Cox's Air Ride seats because I'm nice. old now. So every all the people I I know and love and that I've done stuff with all these years have contributed something to this bike. So it's gonna be for me. And my wife and, and, and my family, it's an important thing for me. It's it's probably not going to be anything special to anybody else, but it's a nice little chopper that has all my stuff on it. Can't wait to see it, brother. Cool, man. And uh, can't wait to see you and the rest of the guys. And a uh, couple things I'm looking for, too. If I don't know when this will air, but if anybody has access to a skate ramp 
in the uh, Nashville area or surrounding. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do something for a group of skaters who want to skate, but we we're in need of a ramp. Uh, other than that, uh, motorcyclesandmusic.com. I would encourage people to stay on the property, and I would encourage people to consider the four-day pass. It, come out for a day, it's fine, but you really want to stay on the property for all the reasons you talked about. Yep, It's a very affordable event, and we've been acutely aware of how hard people work to, to go to these events, and so we're trying to keep it reasonable. Um, but, bro, I am so appreciative of you. Uh, I love you. I respect you. And uh, I'm, I'm so glad our friendship has remained uh, strong and intact for the last 15 years. Man, I I, I don't think you uh, have the ability to understand how, how much I've looked up to you since I met you. And you've always looked out for me and you've always... I've always checked in with me through everything, all the, the move to Florida, starting a new business, raising my kids, everything. You've always been there for me. You've always been that beacon of light for, for good advice on life stuff, not just motorcycle stuff. And man, I, I think the world of you, I, I really, really do. You're, you're somebody that I'm, I've met that I can honestly say you're one of the most, um, you have more integrity than anybody I've ever met. Well, thank so you, I brother. That, that means a lot. The one thing I would like, I would like my wife to meet your wife because uh, it sounds like they're both forces of, of nature that deserve to have a beer together. Yes, absolutely. All right, man. Anything else you can think of? No, go to motorcyclesandmusic.com. Check out, uh, you know, like I said, get a four-day pass. Stay on, stay on the property. Get yourself a glamping tent. That's what I did. It's awesome. Yeah. You're going to have a good time, good music, good friend, good fun. Uh, this will come there, out This will come out Thursday, so we'll see if we cool, can find you. There's a discount right. for hog members, hog groups. Get okay. 15 off. Military discount, obviously. Uh, we love our military guys, especially from Fort Campbell, which is 45 minutes away. That's where the fifth group SF guys Screaming Eagles, a lot of Green Berets out of there. Uh, the Night Stalkers, who are the best helicopter pilots in the world. Uh, so at any rate, um, super stoked to have those guys and have their presence and to honor those guys. And uh, can't wait to see you in about five or six weeks, brother. I know, man. I got to get back to work. <laughs> All right, bro. <laughs> Be Love good. you, man. Be Take good. Care. Love you, too. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.